Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning. If you don't know already, my name is Tim Barton, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Vine. And it is a joy and honor, um, a privilege for me uh, this morning on Christmas morning um, and and on Sunday morning to be able to come and to open God's word with you uh, today. I love Christmas. I think many of you do too. Um, This is the reason I love Christmas most is worshiping Jesus. I love all the other stuff too. I love traditions. Um, I love being together with family. I love good food. Like I really, really, really love good food. Um, I, I enjoy the gifts with, with my kids. I enjoy the, the, um, all the other, like the stories and the things of, of gathering together. But this morning, as, as we come, you're here, right? And you're gathered online. As we come this morning, I want to just take a minute and we're going to talk about the Christmas story. It'd be kind of silly on Christmas morning not to, right? And we're going to talk about that story this morning. But as we do so... I just want to ask all of you to pause for a minute. In the busyness of everything going on yesterday, today, maybe even in this week to come, and we're going to ask God in just a minute to to help us to focus for just a few minutes on his word. And the reason is that all those other things I mentioned a minute ago, those are all gifts from God. I, I I want us to understand those are good things that God has given us to enjoy. And... Sometimes for us, most of us in here are probably followers of Jesus. Even for us, sometimes Jesus just becomes one other part of all that. It just becomes one other part of Christmas. And what we want to do this morning is is say, no, he's central. All these other things are things we do that we enjoy that are gifts from God. But without Jesus, none of that matters. And so we're going to pause for just a minute. And I want you to pray out loud with me. Lord Jesus, I'm going to tell you and then we'll do it. Lord Jesus, hold on, we'll come back. Give me just a minute. I'm going to tell you the whole thing. Lord Jesus, help us focus on you this morning. Real simple, okay? Let's pray that together. Lord Jesus, help us focus on you this morning. And we pray these things, Lord, as we come to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, we continue in our true story of Christmas. We continue in our true story about the gift um, that changes the world. We do that by looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Um, And so you can turn there in your Bibles or look here on the screen behind me. And as we look at this story, we're going to see a group of shepherds. We're going to see Mary. And we're going to see that they come face to face with Jesus. And when they do, it changes them. This is God's word. This is a true story in the midst of all the other stories we hear. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the amazing story of Christmas. Emmanuel, that word we sing about, that that God is with us. And we saw last night the account of of Jesus, the Messiah, being born. John John shared that with us uh, at the Christmas Eve service. And I just remind you that the name Jesus itself means the Lord is salvation. And so this whole thing, this, this Emmanuel, God with us, salvation is with us. Jesus had come down to save a people for himself. But at this point in the story, at this point, people were still very confused about what Jesus came to do. They had been looking for a Messiah, but at this point in the story, they're still pretty confused. They don't, they don't understand who he came to save. And then the next thing we see, the very next thing in the story is an angel shows up. And so I'm going I'm to look at verses 8 through 14 a little more quickly and, and kind of set the stage. And then we'll look at verses 15 through 20 to make some application for us this morning. But, but an angel shows up in verses um, 8 through 14. Now, just pause with me a minute. We read it, but, but think about this with me for a minute. All right, so the angel shows up. He startles some shepherds out in the field. Um, the way we might say that these days, he kind of freaks them out a little bit, Right? <laughs> It says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they're like, whoa, what is going on? They're just some shepherd guys. They're having an ordinary night with stinky sheep. They're out in the field. They didn't ask for this. They definitely weren't looking for this. And then God burst into their world. He burst in. The angel appears to them. The glory of the Lord shone. They were filled with fear. And the angel says again, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Now this may have been sounded slightly familiar to them. These were um, Jewish shepherds, right? This may have sounded slightly familiar, but keep in mind, they've been looking for this for 400 years. Right now they're out there with a bunch of stinky sheep. And this news comes to them. But the angel says, don't, I don't want you to be afraid. Behold. That's, that's a big word in the Bible. Behold. What does it mean? It means be alert. Be attentive. Pay attention. I have something to say to you that you need to hear. Kids, look at me for just a minute. 
In school, has your teacher ever said, class, y'all, I, I really want you to, you really need to hear this. I need you to pay attention. I'm writing up your homework up here on this board. You better make sure you write it down. Right there, she gets your attention. Or your parents, sometimes they might even have to raise their voice a little bit to get your attention. I really want you to hear me say this, okay? That's what this word behold is like. It's like, pay attention. This is really important. Behold. I have life-changing news. It's news that is for all people. People of every background. The Savior that you have been looking for, for this 400 years, he has been born this day. How will you know he's the Savior? The angel says. How are you going to know it's him when you find him? He's going to stand out from every other baby. He's going to be different than any other baby king like him or before him. He's the royal one. He's the line of King David. He is a special one. And so you're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a place where animals are fed. You can imagine the shepherds at that moment are thinking, well, that's not a normal story. Before they have time to think on that too long, more of the angels' buddies show up, and now there's a lot of people singing, a lot of angels singing, right? And they sing a lot. But the core of their song is this. The thing that is recorded by Luke is this. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That's a phrase we hear a lot. We, we've, we've grown up with it. We sing it in songs. But just let's break that down for just a minute. The angel song, glory to God in the highest. What is at the core of everything in God's word? Is that God receives glory. So glory to God in the highest. Second phrase, and on earth peace. This would mean a lot to them at that moment. All right? So you got shepherds here who, yeah, they're part of the people of Israel. They're looking for this peace. They're experiencing the brokenness of the world. The, the people in Israel have been longing for this Messiah to come, for this peace to be brought. Now, they didn't fully understand the scope of what that peace was going to be, but they're longing for this peace. People in the broken, God's word tells us, in the broken world, we long for the peace, even when we can't articulate it. That's what they're looking for. And he says, on earth, peace. Who's the peace for? That's the, second, the, the last phrase in that verse. It's for those with whom he is pleased. So that begs the question, doesn't it? With whom is he pleased? With whom is God pleased in this, in, in when, he, when he says this? Who deserved, who deserved to receive this peace with God and to be face-to-face -face with Jesus? And this is the first of our two points we're going to look at. So the first one, who deserved to be face-to-face -face with Jesus? Well, was it the shepherds? Did the shepherds deserve to be face-to-face -face with Jesus? Someone else already got the right answer. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about them for a minute. Let's see why. All right. The shepherds were the lowest in the society. And being on the bottom of the social ladder, um, that meant they were also towards the bottom of, um, in, in relationship to power and to privilege. On top of that, while tending their flocks, 
they were often accused of being thieves. So they're, they're really not looked at very highly so far here, right? The shepherds were also considered unreliable and they weren't allowed to give testimony in court uh, or, or in, in um, any type of hearing, so to speak. They probably couldn't read and write, most of them. They weren't leadership material. And kind of put it bluntly, they were social outcasts. That's who this message came to. What's also interesting about this particular, these particular shepherds, and I found this in study this week, um, these particular shepherds, being in close proximity to Bethlehem, were likely tending the flocks of, those, of the lambs that would be sacrificed. Why do we say that? Not just because they're close, but because by law, all the flocks were to be kept a certain distance out away from Bethlehem, um, but these, the, only the, the flocks that were to be sacrificed, um, that were for the sacrificial system for the temple, only those flocks were kept close to Bethlehem. You tracking with me? And so here are these shepherds. They're taking care of the lamb. Remember later, Jesus is called the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, they're taking care of the lambs that picture that in the sacrificial system the, for the blood of the lamb to be spilled. They're taking care of those lambs and yet, their work itself keeps them away from the temple for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. They can't do the things they're, they're supposed to do. It also makes them dirty and unclean and defiled. And so these are men who, though it's right there in front of them, really are people that are considered hopeless sinners. They're people that don't deserve to be face-to-face -face with Jesus. No one would have thought they deserved to receive this good news. And I think if we're honest, if we were there, those of us gathered here today, we probably wouldn't have been out in the field with the shepherds. We probably would have been thinking, well, they got the good news? But what about the other person in this passage? Does Mary deserve to receive the good news? Does she reserve, deserve to be face-to-face -face with Jesus? The writer doesn't tell us much about Mary. Right? There's a lot of things that have been written about Mary since then. But the writer doesn't tell us a lot about Mary. Here's what we know. John shared this a few weeks ago. She was a humble woman from the north of Israel and she was an uneducated teenager. There's not more. You see, from an earthly perspective, there was nothing special about Mary. From an earthly perspective, those around her would have seen nothing special about her. I mean, the reality is Mary doesn't see anything special about herself. Remember Luke chapter one, verse 48. Mary's like, whoa, why me? She speaks of her humble estate. And the only other thing she says about herself is that she'll be a servant of God, that she's going to serve him. She doesn't know why it was her that was chosen for this purpose. She doesn't even believe she deserves to be chosen for this purpose. It doesn't seem like she's someone who would deserve to be face to face with Jesus. So we'll pause on that for a minute. What about us? 
What about each of us? I, I think, if I look around this room and I know who's sitting in this room, the majority of us know the right answer, right? We heard it a minute ago. The majority of us know that the answer to that is no. We don't deserve to be face-to-face with Jesus. And let me define that. I'm not talking about now, with the shepherds and Mary, they were physically face-to-face with the baby Jesus. With us, to be in personal relationship with Jesus, to to have this relationship with him and, and his spirit dwelling within us, we don't deserve that. Right, we know that in our heads. The Bible tells us all we have sinned. Everyone has sinned. And that the wages of that sin is death. None of us are the stinky shepherds. None of us are the, the, the lowly teenagers, but we don't deserve to be face-to-face with Jesus. And in our natural state, we're all headed, apart from Jesus' work, we're all headed to misery and to separation from God, hell for eternity. That is not popular to talk about in today's world, particularly not even in today's Christianity in a lot of ways. But let me just say, if we don't talk about that, Christmas doesn't matter. Christmas means nothing if that's not true. But Christmas means everything. Even though we know this, though, even though we know we don't deserve to see or understand or have this relationship with Jesus, we know it in our heads, we'll even say it. The reality is sometimes we act like or we talk like we do deserve it. It shows up in our lives at different times. And when we talk like and act like we deserve it, we're doing nothing good for the people around us. We're not doing good for one another because now we start comparing to one another. Well, I'm doing this a little better. What are you, how are you doing? You know, and, and this, we don't say any, we're, we're too, we're too um, Christian to say that out loud, right? And yet we deal with that. We struggle with that at times. And when we do that, we're not helping the world around us see anything good. We're making them think this is just some group, a group of rules they got to live up to or some pick face they got to put on. Let me also tell you, you're not, we're not helping our children when we do that. When we act like we deserve this in any way. And you, think, you may think, well, well how, do I act like, Tim, how do I act like I deserve this? How do we act that way? Well, a couple ways that might be true, and there's probably others. One is that in our expectations of what God should do for us. If you think, if you have an expectation... If we, if I have an expectation that God should do this for me, then we don't understand fully. We have not fully applied, let me say it that way, that we don't deserve the work of Jesus, the personal relationship, the things that he's doing in our lives day by day. You know, like how he should bless us, how he should protect us, ascribing to him the things he should do. But another is, another way we might act like we deserve it is how we think he should care for us because we're more worthy to be cared for than those other people. And it's not that we're saying, hey, God, don't care for those other people. It's like, well, you'll care for them. Would you come do this for me too, please? 
the point of this passage, the point of the angel and the message going to the shepherds first is that this message is for all people. And what I mean by all people is all who will believe in his name, all people from all backgrounds. It's for all. One of the great truths of Christianity is that it is not for some special type of person, some accomplished person, someone who's pretty good in themselves or has some specific ethnic background or cultural upbringing. Christianity, regardless of age, fame, wealth, social status, male or female, intelligence, the list goes on, right? It's for all people. The Apostle Paul speaks of this. He, he gives more clarity later in 1 Corinthians. Do you remember what he says? And I forgot to put this in the slides, so just listen. He says, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being may boast in the presence of God. That's the wonder of Christmas. If you hear that and it makes you depressed, switch it around a little bit. That's the beauty of Christmas. That is the wonder. Jesus came for people like you, and people like me. And it is a wonderful message. He came to redeem and save people, people from all those things we listed before, from every background, including these lowly shepherds, including this humble teenager. So the shepherds didn't deserve it. Mary didn't deserve it. We definitely don't deserve it. But salvation is for all people because we all, we all need it as much as anyone else. Pause just a minute. And just, if you were to look around this room, you might, you might not come to that place. You say, well, I don't know everything going on in their lives, and you know, et cetera. But, but you may think, oh, I might deserve it more than that person over there. I'm not really wanting you to do that. Or you think in the world out there, well, I might deserve it more than, and you fill in the blank what that is. The one that is used a lot in apologetics. Well, I don't deserve it more than most people, but I probably deserve it more than somebody like Hitler. The point is, we, none of us deserve it. We all need to be this relationship with Jesus just as much as anyone else in this world. If in your pride this morning, you believe someone else is less deserving of God's grace, less deserving to have this personal relationship with Jesus, less deserving to be part of the work that he's doing to show others this work of Jesus, then I want to challenge you, along with me, to repent of your sin this morning.
Yeah, I know, again, it's Christmas morning. What are we doing talking about repentance? If we're not, there's no point in being here. Because if we call this pride anything less than sin, we're still missing some of the message of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came so that we, so that they, the proverbial they out there could be face to face with him. So that we could have saving relationship with him. And here's what's great. And this leads to the second point, which is much shorter, I promise. When this happens, he will work in our hearts. When we come face to face with Jesus, he will work in our hearts. We see two different responses in this passage. So after the angels came, and I'm going to read this one more time. After the angels came to them, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They hurried. <laughs> they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And then skip to verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. So what's the first thing they did? They came face to face with Jesus and they shared what had been told them concerning the child. <laughs> they came face to face with Jesus. They couldn't hold it in anymore. They shared it. And they glorified and they praised God for all that they had heard and seen. It, they heard, a Savior has been born to you. You're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. They went, they found him, and they went and told people that. Right? It wasn't like some crazy thing, but, but through God's work in their hearts, they saw what was going on here. And they went and said, we have seen the Messiah. We have seen the Savior. He's been born. Now, if they had stopped to think about it for a second, the shepherds had a lot of reasons not to go share that, right? Shepherds had a lot of reasons. Remember, first of all, they're not trusted witnesses. They're not considered reliable, right? So it's like, and then secondly, it's kind of like, what have y'all been doing out there in the field? The angels came? Huh. Okay, this baby belonging to the poor couple over there with the, with the animals, that's God's Messiah? Right. You see how that probably would have gone? They had all sorts of reasons not to share it. And you know, not everybody's going to respond well when we share it either. Somebody may look at you and be like, yeah, okay, you're saying I'm a sinner. You're saying I don't deserve this. You're saying I'm no better than anyone else and I need Jesus. Okay. Have you ever had anyone respond that way? I have. And it breaks my heart because it's what we need more than anything else. But when we've come face to face with Jesus, when we've had this relationship with him, if we really believe it, we're going to make it known. And the way you make it known may not look exactly like I make it known. This, is no, this isn't a prescribed thing, but we're going to share this news with other people.
I wanted you to notice one more thing about the shepherd's response, though. They didn't go back and start a ministry, did they? They didn't go back to the, and go to the foreign mission field. They didn't go start a nonprofit. There's nothing wrong with any of that. I'm just, but I want to, I want to make a point. What'd they do? They went back to their sheep. They went back to do the work God had put, the place God had put them. And when they were there, their lives were now marked with praise to God and with the glory of this message. And they made it known to other people where God had them. Mary has a little bit of a different response. Verse, verse 19, it says, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. A lot shorter here, everything about Mary, and this is a little shorter, right? She treasured these things. She pondered them in her heart. She reflected on the good news of Jesus. She reflected on it. She thought on it. She pondered on it. She didn't just fly by it. It changed Mary. We saw more of her reflections earlier in Luke, and you can go back and look at that. But now she's pondering She's seeing these things happen, happening. It's like, this must be true. Even the shepherds are coming now. You know how we say sometimes, you just can't make this stuff up. <laughs> that the message went to these dirty, sinful shepherds was part of Mary seeing this, seeing the impact of being face-to-face -face with Jesus. And she was reflecting on that. She was pondering on that. But how about you this morning? How about me? Have you this morning given up your pride and come to the Savior who is Christ the Lord? You may be sitting in here this morning and you're here because it's Christmas morning and someone else told you you were going to be here. And you may be hearing this stuff for the first time. It may be the thousandth time. But this morning, will you give up your pride? Will you give up any sense of saying, I deserve what I've earned in my life. I deserve, I'm better than someone else. And would you come to Jesus and say, no, I understand, at least as best I can, I understand that I am a sinner and I need Jesus. I need something different. You see, no human merit is allowed at the foot of the cross. It's not allowed and it's not needed. Because Jesus did all that was necessary. But you have to be simple enough to acknowledge that that's what you need. And he calls us to be Christians then who glorify him as we, quote, tend our sheep. My job is to stand here and to proclaim Jesus. But you know, that's not my only job. My job is also to sit with people who are angry with God and point to him. My job is to sit with people whose marriages are broken and say, I know you don't feel it right now, but there is still hope. My job is with my own children, 
with my wife to point to Jesus. Guess what? Their jobs to do that with me too. When, but your jobs, whatever they are, wherever you go, your jobs are to glorify and praise God and point people to the simple message of who Jesus is and of what he's done. The result day by day is not always spectacular. And yet, it's how people over and over and over again come face to face with Jesus. And so as you go out today here in a few minutes, I want to challenge you as you go with your families, Maybe it's through a phone call. But would you just together mention who Jesus is and what he's done on this Christmas? You know, I I read a a blog yesterday from a pastor friend of mine. And he said, you know, it's, it's become a very Christian thing to say Jesus is the reason for the season. And, and there's, there's truth in that, right? But I want, I want to draw our attention to the real truth. Okay. Jesus came because of where we were. Jesus came because of the need we have. The reason for the season is we didn't deserve anything, and yet Jesus came. That's the reason for Christmas. It's for us. And it brings glory and honor to him as we tell other people about it. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you came. Lord, that we might have relationship with you. Lord, on this day, would you turn over and over and over again as we go through this day, turn our minds and hearts to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.